Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the VCD Roundtable. We know it's been a while since we got together last, but um, a lot has changed in the VMware ecosystem and a lot of us were on tour for the last couple of weeks. Now we are back all in our home offices or somewhere else. And we wanted to get started again. We give you a bit of a heads up um, at the end of the show about what we are planning for the next few sessions. But we, before we go into this session and into uh, any of the details around the, around the topics for today, which are going to be VCF and the uh, service provider and service provider programs and the challenges with that, let's do a quick round of introductions. As always, someone throws the ball over to someone else. So I'm going to start with Sasha, who is the only one I think who is not sitting at home at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, welcome. Uh, my name is Sascha Schwunk, CRO and uh, Cloud Architect at Comdivision. Yeah, happy to be a part of this uh, episode and uh, talking with you about uh, VCF and the new partner program and what what's new for the service providers. Fabian. Hey, thanks, Sascha. Fabian, my name, president and partner at Comdivision. Doing a lot of, um, yeah collaboration between Comdivision and VMware, and therefore a lot of interesting times are ahead of us, but I'm sure we figure out what's the best. So Matthias, tell me what you are doing at the moment. Yeah, Matthias, uh, Comdivision, what I'm doing, I think I'm the only one who works actually, instead of just being <laughs> member of someone or something. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Toby. Yeah, hello, uh, Tobias Paschek, partner at Comdivision in the whole networking part. Good. So um, getting started with the news, which VMware basically, um, yeah, I, I read it somewhere. Some media wrote it's like a Christmas present for the partner. I'm not sure if most of the partners really consider it a Christmas party. Um, I think they haven't so seen it yet. <laughs> Some of it haven't even seen it yet. So from a European time zone perspective, somewhere around um, lunchtime or late afternoon, depending on which partner category you fell into, you got a wonderful email from VMware saying that um, on the first hand, your partner contract is going to be terminated by the end of January, beginning of February. And the other more important mail which were for the service providers which came a few hours later is um, the termination of the service provider programs as well or the adjusted timeline because in the end the service provider contract is also just a partner contract and those contracts end by the end of april beginning of may um and but we will come into a bit more or to a bit more details um on, on some of these um, and with that in parallel, we have all the changes which were already announced on the 11th of December, where Broadcom unveiled the new licensing and packaging of the products, which um, as at least it currently looks like is going to be the future for the service providers as well. So um, let me quickly start with the uh, contractual pieces, and then I'm going to head over so that someone can take talk about the new packaging and licensing and a few other things. So what does it mean if VMware canceled all the service provider contracts by end of April slash beginning of May? Um, 
The most important part, which I advise all service providers, somewhere in that email is a link to an FAQ document, which I strongly suggest you download as well, because that contains a lot more information about what this email actually means for you in general. Because what we know from that email is that the new program, both for service providers as well as cloud, uh, as well as normal VMware partners, is going to be an invite-only program. So this means you now have to sit back. You cannot just go to a web page and register yourself. You have to sit back, relax, and wait and hope um, that you get an invite um, into any of these programs. And then you can potentially continue under new circumstances. Um, because we all know the majority of that program is most likely going to change. There is also something in the FAQs which says, if you do not get an invite, um, there might be other ways, um, and they call it a white label service, uh, on how you can progress as a partner. As you might understand, this is a public podcast, so we can't um, actually give us give you more details on what we personally think, on where potentially you might be located. A lot of our customers or service providers we work with on a regular basis already reached out to us, and we had talks to them about what we currently um, experience or expect for them to happen. If you feel that you want to have a more closer discussion or if you want to actually get more details about that, please feel free to reach out to any one of us, and then we can set up uh, a dedicated session with you and quickly go over what potential consequences might be in the program change for you. As far as we know and as far as we expect, everything else has to come from VMware, but we also understand that in between the holidays, you might not want to wait until mid-January or whenever you get new information. There's also another note in there which says on the 4th of January, you will get more details. Um, there is a webcast announced from VMware where they are going to give more details. Honestly, I'm not expecting too much in that webcast on the service provider side. I have the feeling that is going to be primarily on the normal partner program side. But nevertheless, that's um, going to be shown um, on the 4th of January. I'm expecting we will see more from the service providers later on. But I can rest you assured from all what we see currently. There is work going on. Um, yesterday, we had the second uh, Christmas Day here in Germany, and I was also on the call with some of the EMEA cloud provider teams. So there is a lot going on in the background at the moment, but um, yeah, um, not all of that should be in public. So that's all about the partner changes. Um, and um, maybe who wants to summarize a bit of the what the VCF enterprise could mean for a service provider based on the announcements from the 11th of December? And just before before we get to the point, if one one thing that I figured out on social media is that that many people are confused about this message coming up, that partner contracts are terminated. It's not related to customer contracts or whatever, because a lot of people were kind of concerned that now their VMware license is not I don't know not not valid anymore. The subscription gets let's say needs to get renegotiated. It's really just not for the customer it's between vmware and the partners those guys who typically help you um, getting your environment up getting your subscriptions and license ready just to make sure i guess the audience of this podcast typically knows that but yeah i saw so many let's say wrong statements on social media to to clarify that up front yes as long as your partner is not providing you with managed services then you're fully affected by this as well 
So it is actually, it is affecting some more partner scenarios and some we, what we know is not all customers know that they are running under a managed service contract and those would be terminated as well. Yeah, but, but wouldn't I as a customer, I don't care. I have the contract with the service provider. However, they, they are creating the service. I typically don't <laughs> care. So, I mean, depending, depending on, on what your contract says. Yeah, exactly. But um, but normally I would say it's still the problem of the of the managed service provider to to yeah, get this service up and running no matter what. Yeah, there is there is at least in Europe there is also a term in contracts which which is uh, talking about things like good belief, and um, that is actually a legal term. And good belief basically means that if you are basically if you when you actually signed the contract with your customer that you were in the good belief that nothing would that no one on the other side would terminate, then you could basically um, use that to terminate your end customer contracts as well. So that is already what I heard from two legal people is under these specific scenarios, as an MSP or CSP, you most likely have uh, an opportunity to, um, to basically kill the contract with your customer. The challenge with that is you more or less need to do that immediately. I think you only have seven business days or something like that after you receive the notice, which is basically going to be next Monday or Tuesday, but then you don't know how VMware is going to continue. So there are a few challenges. I would not actually start going into legal advice too much here, but um, it's not necessarily that easy that only because you're an end customer, you might, you should be not affected if you have a perpetual license. Everything which is not a perpetual license, I would be very careful and validate with your with your reseller if you might be affected because the ways of subscription licenses on how some of them were applied, uh, we know for our we know for ourselves that there are several partners out there who basically rented MSP and CSP licenses out to customers and they are all affected now. Good. So much about contracts and contractual stuff, which is never fun. So who wants to actually uh, quickly talk about VCF Enterprise? And, and Maybe the guy on. who's only working and <laughs> not doing the legal and <laughs> organizational stuff. Yeah, maybe that guy. Yeah, but I'm not doing VCF either, so. <laughs> no, just... So you're not working in the future anymore? Yeah, I joined management for sale <laughs> for marketing. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about VCF. So um, what we saw in December is uh, that we will get uh, VCF for the service providers, uh, VCF Enterprise. That means we have uh, vSphere licenses. We have vSAN licenses. All is um, yeah, licensed by core, not longer per VRAM. That means um, we have one terabyte of um, vSAN storage per core. We have NSX net networking, we have ARIA Suite Enterprise, we have the STDZ managers, uh, the STDZ manager, and we have support. And then we have some add-ons that we can um, buy on top per core-based. That's, for example, firewall, that's firewall with advanced threat protection, that's load, uh, load balancing, and so on. So it will become interesting and um, some very important points here is for from our perspective that it is CP, uh, core based. That means, and there will be a minimum of course that you have to pay per server. And with this combination, you have to calculate for the future if you have old legacy hardware, 
it doesn't look good for from the pricing perspective for you in the future if you have many uh, many cpus and memory many uh, memory running so what the calculation the ca calculations what we saw looks like that it's a fair pricing in the future so you don't have to expect that uh, massive um, raise of prices um, you have to pay for vcf instead of the uh, vram so for most of the service provider it looks really good um, a topic where we have to take a deeper look is for example dr scenarios where you have um, yeah tons of servers running without active workload though that makes no sense in the future and we need to find a solution um, redesign your infrastructure for that but yeah that's the vcf yeah, which is, is yeah it is it is a case social but this is already one of the big advantages of going into the vcf story because the hosts which are not prepared for vcf at the moment are not counting so That's I right. can already prepare my hosts up front. And as soon if I need to uh, um, ramp up new um, uh, or, or great uh, new hosts into, into my cluster, just provision it. That's perfect. So you are able to provision it, unprovision it later on. That's a little bit challenging maybe in the future with Visan. If you are going only with Visan. But yeah, that's possible. Yeah, but that means uh, those nice 64 core AMD processors are not uh, <laughs> the one we need <laughs> now in all in all our CPUs. Shall I buy some Intel stocks, therefore? <laughs> may, may, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be too sure where the revenues actually increases faster, whether it's Intel or, uh, or uh, Broadcom. Oh. But Fabian, or AMD and share what you are doing. Uh, now let's call it that way. Is we we originally were all like pet, so therefore Fabian no Intel stock for you. <laughs> we all want to be successful on the Broadcom side, so no Broadcom stock for you either. <laughs> Stick with something like Wirecard. That's fine. <laughs> Good. No, but I think is um, as Sasha just said, it's like we we did quite a few calculations with service providers in the last um, five, six, seven days uh, since the announcement, and um, the majority of them were basically even when we were just applying list prices, not even calculating in the discounts we are expecting for service providers. They were already cheaper when they were applying this uh, the list prices. There are some which are going to be heavily affected, and those are the ones who are running massive in-memory databases. I'm looking at the Sapana guys. Um, that's going to be an interesting game moving forward because so far they had the 24 uh, gigabytes cap. They only paid to the 24 gigabytes, and then they were fine. And um, that's going to be um, quite a bit of an impact for those people because uh, for them in the future, there will be a heavy price tag. Uh, in reality, it's firewalling because um, now with the, with the old points and, and the basic package of NSX within the VCD space, 
you, you had the thing that the gateway firewall was part of the basic flex bundle. Uh, with the new VCF going forward, if you do your calculations for the new infrastructure, just be aware that firewall is now an add-on product and not part of the base license anymore. Yeah, but that add-on is not that expensive. As long as you don't add the IDS need, IPS pieces. You need to take it into account for a proper calculation. Yes. But still, even if you take, I take it into, in, into account, in most cases, it still looks very attractive. It looks as attractive as in some cases as it would be more something where service providers more or less ask us like how quickly can I change into the new model. Um, and also right sizing gets more important again. I mean, to be fair, over the last years with the memory approach, we always said, hey, management cluster, take uh, four, four nodes, uh, put Visa on top of it. And yeah, since it's calculated by memory, it's simply easy. Um, so now I think we need to be, let's say, more efficient in, in also sizing what is the realistic value of course and therefore give a correct guidance, at least for the, for the cloud management cluster. So yeah, I think we need to, to get back into more, let's say, physical usage related state uh, to not simply say, yeah, you yeah, put in the best amount of hardware you get <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and get to say that, I don't know, with 60 cores on a management cluster, you, you will be quite fine of 48 in total. Yeah, not only not starting with all the hardware. So uh, in the last projects, we saw it, um, the customer or the service provider say, hey, I buy 20 servers, 30 servers, whatever, and start with all servers in the cluster, all are running. So that will change in the future. Depending yeah, but on I, hope, I hope the Dell and HPE sales guy are in the same way because they're pretty good at selling the hardware boxes <laughs> and yeah. they put in all the CPUs that are on stock. I mean, to be fair, over the last years, <laughs> very often people simply ordered what was kind of uh, in, in an early deliverable state. Uh, so therefore, let's let's hope to get back more choice again with, with processors. Yeah. Yeah. Which also um, points, points to the case that, and this is, more or less a requirement at the, at the whole VCF story at the moment. You should go with an homogeneous cluster, um, so you should have the same pieces of hardware in in your workload or not in your workload domain. To be fair, just in a in a single cluster in a in a, in a workload domain because you can have multiple clusters in a single workload domain as well. Uh, so yes, from 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 a licensing perspective. Uh, it is quite interesting, but you need to calculate already at the beginning with some uh, some spare, because you cannot say, okay, uh, it looks like that I would require at the moment this amount of CPU, this amount of memory, and will not uh, think about any, any scaling, because then you immediately need to uh, create maybe an, a second cluster in a, in a single workload domain with new hardware as well. So also here, there is a little bit of a pitfall. Yeah, but I mean, it's overall when we when it when it comes to the different different design choices and and as we said, it's like we are going to make an additional series or additional sessions around VCF VCF design pros and cons of different different scenarios and how we could actually align VCF um, from from that perspective. I think is um, we need to we need to design our data centers as service providers a bit different in the future with this. 
but a huge advantage which we got from several providers because a lot of European service providers were after the cloud verified batch and also behind um, scenarios to long-term become sovereign cloud providers. And one of the requirements for that was the utilization of vZen. With vZen now being more or less included because you get one terabyte per core. So um, this gives you quite a lot of space on most of the physical boxes. And in many cases, it's not going to be um, even necessary to think about buying additional terabytes of storage then. Um, VZEN all of a sudden becomes very attractive as again, like with every other feature, it's basically the highest edition. So you have all the features. You can build stretched, you can build um, large scale objects and, and all of that is basically now possible. So that again, there is a lot of new features as a service provider. So it's not only about the change that you get to use VCF, Moving forward, one of the important steps for service providers is also is to figure out how we can actually utilize all these features to also generate new demand and market from the customers. And another important statement, which we talked made several times in the last couple of weeks um, as well, is that Broadcom is committed to the service providers to ensure that in the future, customers who want to move off the on-prem environment move towards the cloud providers. And I think that is also a very good news for the service providers. And if we envision that moving forward, everybody more or less has the same platform, the same tools, the same technologies, this is going to make all of that transition a lot easier than what it currently looks like. Absolutely, which also brings, brings me to the most important part in the whole VCF game uh, to say, hey, uh, it is a standardized deployment. It is something which is still highly customizable. It is not something you need to say, hey, but I can only do, uh, do this or that. Uh, you have still the, chain, uh, the chances to do a highly customizable deployment. But at the end, you have a standardized deployment from your vendor, which makes troubleshooting support, uh, supporting much easier than everything else we have in the past. And I mean, if, if we look at our past engagements, the bigger ones, uh, we, we just have this one customer where we designed uh, the whole new environment. Our, let's say, the outcome of our design is, let's say, close to what you get with VCF. Uh, the changes Absolutely. required is is quite, yeah, quite uh, minor. So also we had in the past some some config sheet where you put in all the you know all the VLANs, all the all the networks that you that you need, all the features you want to have. So if you ever had an engagement with us, uh, it is quite similar. For sure, now we need to be um, yeah on, on certain design decisions. We we are probably more restricted. I mean, we used LACP in the past. That that is not possible in the current state of of VCF, if I remember it correctly. Um, to be honest, I'm happy about that. I hate LACP. But anyway, so we simply we we simply the the change is not that big. And I mean the the big challenge in when designing a cloud platform is is also to to yeah collect all the constraints and the risks of of dedicated organization because every organization service provider is different with their let's say own constraints because their data centers are complete different layout there. Yeah, operations on site works completely in a different way as 
as with the next service provider. So, so we need to get all this information straight right in the beginning. And I'm, I'm quite happy because even though we had the config sheet in the past, there were some delays sometimes because customer needed to provide certain information in time. Um, and then, you know, they, they were quite slow. Um, sometimes they didn't have all the information. They said, we, we get it on the road. And now with VCF, you are nearly forced to have everything in place on day zero. So when you start deploying, everything must be in place. And that's something that is pretty good. I mean, that reminds me of the old concept of the cloud provider pod, which was also awesome because there was this list of dependencies that you needed to fulfill. And you could not simply work around by waiting on, I don't know, yeah, the firewall rules, I guess they're in place. I don't know. Let's start and see where we're going because that's where you lose time in deployments. And that's where, where things will definitely get streamlined by yeah, making sure on day zero everything is mm -hmm. in place. Which which brings, brings since you mentioned uh, cloud provider bot, Fabian, which brings uh, me already to the next thing extensibility of vcf so you have already the the vcloud provider lifecycle manager is there since ages but to be honest uh, since version 1.4 and now we are talking about 1.6 we have now really a nice looking uh, web in interface which is really usable nowadays uh, brings me to the point okay standardized deployment uh, config sheets already up front must be there because this is also big part of the cloud provider lifecycle manager that you need to have all of the necessary information up front because otherwise i cannot start my deployment so it is now the same story on the hardware side or on the on the uh, data center uh, layer where i say okay my uh, i ramp up my whole environment with vcf and then bring in my cloud uh, layer with the cloud provider lifecycle manager yeah, and 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 still we are still in the phase of uh, designing cloud infrastructure, which is, I mean, so as lame as as it sounds, it is kind of commodity because no service provider differentiates himself by having, you know, the simply the cloud director deployed, and it's really about putting services on top of it, getting the integration to the customers. Uh, make it easy to integrate with the custom customers, making collaboration, I don't know, with Megapod, making sure people connect easy to your environment, making sure your sales team is able to showcase certain things. So when you design and deploy a cloud environment, it's much more than having just the cloud set up and, and run away. Uh, there, there's so much stuff around this where... Yeah, I mean, in the past, we, we showed that we can guide people on, on how to develop the, the certain skill sets within their own organization and make sure they consume and, and produce something on top of the cloud as, uh, as good as possible. And that won't change with VCF. I mean, VCF is still not, now it's a standardized stack commodity. We don't care about the infrastructure. And we also come in to Matthias, you know, oh, no, it's this side now. <laughs> but we we need i mean we as companies we make sure that the cloud is running but we um we also try to make sure those providers can make the best out of it on top of it and that won't change with vcf and you still need the know-how um it's not just simply something where you click the box i mean if i guess on on day um first of may 2024 service provider can simply click a button 
move to VCF, okay? Is, that, is it working like that? I, I guess so. Since I'm in the management position, I, I, I guess I can, build, I can easily build you a PowerPoint which shows shows that to you. That uh, and then I put a little asterisk mask in a future release with API fully featured API integration. You will be able to do that. Awesome. I think in the past I was always overconfident in saying, yeah, I can script it quite easy. And now with ChatGPT, I was becoming even more confident. I think that, that still need this year hundreds of hours of troubleshooting some weird script <laughs> script migration stuff um to, yeah, i don't know what the script does because gpd is but it's fabian scripting something you can be sure it deletes a mandatory <laughs> item <laughs> could be in test environments i guess <laughs> Yeah, you would never actually make a mass deployment in a loop or something like that, and and, and actually combine that with a no, not not I mass. You're talking about mass deletion. <laughs> yeah, but no one would actually be stupid enough to put a delete command no. inside. Of and and stuff. it was just it was let's, just a workaround. No one would. Yes, it, it, right. it was a workaround. <laughs> there was some limitations in the API working with VApp templates, so I had a nice little workaround that. <laughs> might have in rare conditions destroyed certain things but i recognize that quite soon so so again um that's why people probably don't rely on my scripting skills but they can simply rely on this button that we click correct eve back to you on powerpoint on powerpoint on yes PowerPoint. perfectly well and the animation will come from matthias um <laughs> so with yeah, you are the guy for uh, PowerPoint animations still. Um, and this is how you can keep Matthias busy for hours and hours and hours, just give him a PowerPoint <laughs> animation task. Uh, so. At least it always works. Good. I think that's more or less covering the, the primary items for now. Um, as said, it's like uh, partner contracts. Be sure to review that. If you if you have the need or if you want to talk to any one of us, please, please feel free to reach out and we try to make a slot available as soon as possible. Um, VCF, we covered some of the basics today. We will do another session. The next VCD roundtable is going to be around 10.5.1 because there were quite a few changes in that minor release, um, which we think we should be talking about. We will record that very soon and hopefully get that out very, very soon, maybe next week or the week after. And then we are going to start a VCF series. We are going to lay out a bit on the topics in our next episode. And with that being said, I'm already saying goodbye and handing over to Matthias for his goodbye and his final words for today. And by the way, Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looking forward to, to really more streamlined, standardized infrastructures underneath VCD, which should support or make troubleshooting a lot easier. Um, we'll see how it works. Uh, just plan ahead in your strategy, moving towards VCF. And in that, with that saying, Happy New Year. Fabian. Ah, that's how it works. So, yeah, I mean, if you have any, any questions around VCF or VMware or anything related, um, we are there to help and guide you. And yeah, if you have a problem, who are you going to call? Toby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also from my side, Happy New Year. Um, 
and thanks for joining and yeah looking forward for the whole vcf story sasha yeah i would say thanks for joining um be prepared for what happens in the future prepare yourself inform yourself um stay up to date that's very important um because yeah many things changes in the next uh, weeks and uh, many news will come up so um yeah subscribe our newsletter keep in touch with us and yeah see you and a happy new year